It's been a while, it's been a while, but guess what? Raw Mind, Raw Thoughts is here. I'm your host, Ryan Jones, and I got a lot to discuss. As a diehard 49ers fan, I have decompressed, and I'm finally here. Here we go. We'll be right back shortly. A sponsor by Essential Collections. You're on time to talk sports with Raw Mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline. Who got cut? Who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup for the pine. These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship? You gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime time got the game statistics. I could say if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close, like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports, another edition. Welcome to another edition of Raw Mind Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. I know it's been a while, but it's been a reason because I've been decompressing. Everybody was saying you hurt and hurt and all that stuff. But guess what? I was surprised for our thoughts. I wasn't surprised at all. And before we start the show, the show is sponsored by Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Use the promo code RAWMIND. Use the promo code RAWMIND. You get a 15% discount on bath products, skin conditioning care. She even has body wash. She even has bombs for kids who, you know, kind of sick, have a cold, things like that, especially with wintertime. Still here at the moment. Use the promo code RAWMIND, www.essentialcollectionsec. E-S-C-E-N-T-U-A-L dot square dot site. Also, if you go to rawmindsports.com, go to rawmindsports.com, you'll be able to see her information. Hit the QR code on the website, and they'll take you there as well to uh, all her amazing products. So that being said, yes, we're here. The 49ers lost Super Bowl. We get that. Was I surprised? Absolutely not. Did I want my team to win? Of course I wanted my team to win. Who doesn't want their team to win? So, you know, I, I'm about to give you a bunch of raw thoughts on the 49ers. Um, the hurt wasn't surprised. There was so many people, raw thoughts. I'm going to go to the hurt wasn't surprised. My heart wasn't surprised, excuse me. My heart wasn't surprised. Reason why? It's because, simple, the 49ers, so many guys, raw thoughts, try to take me out, make bets, stuff, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, 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 I'm not betting on this. I'm not betting on this because I look at the track record. I look at Patrick Mahomes. I look at the track record of Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has an OC, has blue games. Kyle Shanahan has blue now two, two Super Bowls with leads. He's not keeping leads in the Super Bowl. Now, if you talk about regular season Kyle Shanahan, you get now, you're not probably coming back from a 10-point lead. But Super Bowl Kyle Shanahan is a different story. I got a beloved of Kyle Shanahan. I don't want to blame him. But sometimes when you do things, you got to be blamed. And it's a few things I got to break down right now about this whole scenario of Kyle Shanahan. Which at the end of the day, when I break everything down, when I want how I'm going to break it down, it's going to come off in a way like, okay, I get it. All right, so my heart wasn't surprised. So many people try to, um, raw thoughts, pay me to bet them on the 49ers. No, no, no. But just I love my boys. I'm on, I, I just know situations happen. Things happen. Greenlaw gets hurt. Key piece at the beginning of the game. I mean, he was too, he was pumped on another level. Like, he was up there, up there, up there. And then he was ready to get back on the field so bad. He had a injury on the field, which took him out towards ACL. Like, that was crucial. 
And that's on, on defense alone. And Kyle Shanahan doesn't know a lot about defense, but he tried to put people in to have things happen. So here we go. The play calling. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going at it right now. Raw mind, raw thoughts. The play calling to me doesn't absolutely make sense. When you're up by 10 or more points in the regular season, you know how to grind and pound, screen pass, grind and pound, screen pass or run the ball and not throw so many passes and run it out. Because our defense for the 49ers, no matter who's the defense coordinator, they can get after it so much when you have a lead. You can blitz more, do things more. But when you're not doing your job on offense, it becomes kind of, ugh, ugh, ugh. And the 49ers, man, Kyle Shanahan with the Atlanta um, Falcons, excuse me, Atlanta Falcons had a 23 league against Tom Brady. Didn't run the ball. Did play action. Did things to stop the clock. Gave teams opportunity after opportunity. I don't know if he thinks he got a, a kill switch like he Kobe and Michael Jordan, but his kill switch ain't theirs. It ain't theirs. And doing certain things you're doing, and it's the passing, the offense schematics of it. Like, at times when you're like that, you know, you had some good running backs with Freeman and um Coleman in the backfield in, in Atlanta. You had Raheem Mostert at the time with the Kansas City first Super Bowl. And a little bit of running, dishing, and dashing with Debo Samuel. That was one thing. But you even had an even much better situation. You had the offensive player of the year, probably the best running back in football, and you went you went MIA on him in the third quarter. Who goes away for Chris McCaffrey in the third quarter when he's healthy? You don't do that. You had a few screen passes, bring them back to life in the fourth quarter. But the third quarter, you pass the ball 11 times to two. I don't care if he get two, three, four yards. It's better than none. And the clock is still running. The last thing you want to do is bring elite quarterbacks. And now Patrick Mahomes, if not anybody want to say, he's probably the best. he's probably the best quarterback in football. And I don't want to say probably not because everybody still has his own rankings. I ain't done no numbers. But we know he's a champion. So logically to me, he's a, a Super Bowl champion three times, been to four Super Bowls. He's three and one the Super Bowl. I say he's probably he's the best quarterback in football. But you know, everybody's to throw that numbers here, that blah, 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 blah. We talk about all the statistics. But I look at logically, three times Super Bowl champion. Went to Super Bowl four times. Any other quarterback down there in the NFL that's been in the league right now? That I'm talking about as in this league year. Has anybody else done that? Nobody else has done that. So I look at him as the best quarterback. So you get this man that much time. This team ain't caught a – they couldn't even catch a cold the whole season. But I know where, ironically, everybody starts catching the football. Because Patrick Holmes can make the plays to win games. Everybody's been talking about his receiving core. They haven't been good all season. But with a coaching philosophy of Andy Reid, you can find a way to get things done. Andy Reid's by far probably the best play caller in football. Everybody want to talk to give Kyle Shanahan his flowers, and his flowers that died. Like, I'm tired of everybody talking about him until he get a Super Bowl. It ain't nothing to talk about. It's the same thing over and over and over. That's the first part of my conversation. Like, it's the same thing over and over. Like, why we keep talking about him? All what he could do. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, we know he done sent so many coaches to get jobs and GMs. And anybody in the San Francisco organization, if you work for them, raw thoughts, you're probably going to get a really good job somewhere else. It seems like the resume of the San Francisco 49ers is great, which is good. But when they leave, it is what it is. And, and you know, things happen. Business happen. You know, budgets are different. So I get it. But now back to Kyle Shanahan. Like, we're, we're talking about him so high, so high this, so high that. 
just about everybody leave about to run that this offense, but they all gonna put their twist to it. You know, it's gonna be the same offense putting their twist to it. Robert Salah runs the offense in in for the New York Jets. Defense coordinator used to be for the 49ers. Matt LaFleur was under his daddy in um DC. You know, he's running the same offense. Sean McVay is running the offense more pass happy, but he's running the same offense. Mike McDaniel is running it with speed. He ain't running with grit, tough, and ground and pound, but he's running it with speed, and he has a lot of weapons. I know a lot of people may like Tua, may, may not Tua, Tua Alova. I can't even get his name out, but Tua. But, I mean, I ain't outside of him, the offense is, is a very quick offense, fast pace, and they can get it done. Now you have Houston Texans running the same offense somewhat with um now we have a, um with him and you know they have uh I forgot the the, the coordinator he's from San Francisco he came with him so all these guys that have became head coaches that came from the San Francisco organization has took some some folks with him Wes Welker has went down with Mike Medane you know I think Clint Kuviak is going to be I think the coordinator for the uh or QB something down in, in New Orleans and. I can name people on the Jets. I can name people, Um, you know, the Raiders got somebody that's going to run that. You know, Ben Johnson didn't go. He probably didn't directly come from Kyle Shanahan, but he came from that offensive style. You know, and he could have been the offense coordinator easily in D.C., but he wanted to run it back to the guys in Detroit. You know, Sean McVay definitely came from them, but he has, some, like I said, he has some more pass-happy offense that those guys are running. Um, it, it's, and now you got Adam Peters there in – DC, although he wanted a guy that ran the same system, you know, you're getting um King Clisberry, who's probably gonna get something a little different. But then you have the guy Ryan Carthen. I want to say Ryan Carthen, the um the Tennessee Titans GM. I might be saying his name wrong, raw thoughts. One thing about raw thoughts, I may say names wrong, but it's not intentional. It's just raw mind, raw thoughts. He's GM, so he's trying to get somebody similar to that. But the play calling, every quarter in the Super Bowl matters. I don't care if you play three great quarters. If your one of those quarters are bad, bad, you could lose Super Bowl because you're playing against the elite of elite of that year. And any moment, any space, any breathing that can actually take a team to the next level, even though they're down, will happen. And that's what happened with the 49ers in that Super Bowl. Run the ball with CMC more, the offense player of the year. Who can do everything? Like you got a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield, run routes like a wide receiver, run the football. Like you have somebody that does everything. You have some running backs that just running running backs. Do you have some that's like just finesse running backs that can just catch the ball? But they can't do both. CMC can do both. By far the best running back in football, the offense player of the year. And we should have done it while he's healthy. Raw mind, raw thoughts. I'm not saying he ain't gonna be healthy next year, but shoot, we don't want to take the chance on that. We got to play comeback because you didn't run him in the third quarter. And I don't know the play calling. I'm not the offense coordinator. I'm not the, the quote-unquote guru. But I do know what needs to be done. And in, the three, in, the, in those three Super Bowls, comebacks have came back because we didn't run the football in mo crucial moments of the game. And crucial moments can mean third quarter, too. It don't mean just fourth quarter. That's my raw thoughts. Now, my next thing, fine. Steve Wills. Why are you going to sit here and do that? Why are you going to try to fire this man, try to make put the blame like he was a scapegoat, like he was a guy, the reason why the 49ers won't that good all season? For one, you came from a different style of defense. Honestly, if you want to look at the numbers and what I looked at, and I wish I could pull them up right now, the numbers, but I will pull them up the next show I do. Steve Wills' numbers were better than D'Amico Ryan's. 
They were top three in every category. Top three, top two in every category. Every category. I think the 49ers defense ranked number seventh overall last year. But the DBs played better this season. They were really, they were better this season, even with Tupacalava going out. Not Tupacalava, Tupacalava. Um, that can get his name out. You know, Tupacalava actually had a good season. He got hurt. They used him on a lot of blitz packages. Then he drafted a great DB and Javier Brown, who stepped in and is more of a regular free safety that um, Gibson played. But Tupa went out, so they had to both play that style, and neither one of them are blitz guys. Then they started looking, um, using Gibson as a blitz guy, as a vet, to kind of blitz in, but that's not his style of play. So you had two guys who really could cover. You didn't have nobody going in and going out. So you bring in Tough next year, you know, you can have that blitz and you can have him playing back. He can disguise so much. That's going to be huge next year. And you have Javier Brown and Tough together. That's one thing. So it was hard to put Javier on the, on the field. But when he got on the field, he got it done all season long because of that injury. But he still showed, like, why he was drafted that high, which was perfect for us. The DB, the secondary, won't getting cooked all year, as usual, the past few years. Now, our front seven was super, super dominant under D'Amico Ryans. But you got to think, Bosa set out a whole offseason to get paid. Like, if Bosa would have, like, prepared himself all season, he would have been much more in shape. And, you know, with Chris Cortez, the DT, um, defense tackle, um, defensive, the defensive tackle coach, he always has all them, those D linemen, like, lined up, ready to go, ready for war, whatever. They're very, very good at the end of the year. But when you got a guy like Bosa who can take away the whole field that you're scared of, and then you add those other role players, that's the thing the 49ers going to have to figure out, you know, next season is, like, getting those guys re-signed. Some of them may re-sign for cheap. Some of them may get a big contract. I don't know. But you got the main pieces. But those guys can, like, attack and get up the field very well. And the linebackers, we had the best in the league, honestly. Overall, you know, Trey Greenlaw, maybe with, maybe Al Shazier may step back. I don't know. He might get paid because he, like, led – I want to say he led the league in tackles at, at the position when he went to Tennessee. Kind of show how good he was. Um, but my, my 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 thing was like, you know, you find Steve Wills, call him the scapegoat. When in reality, you can't blame nobody for your play calling. The job was done. All you had to do was run the ball. We get out and win the Super Bowl. If we win the Super Bowl, you don't fire Steve Wills. But you want to blame Steve Wills to fire him because your play calling. I mean, at the end of the game, I don't care what defense is on the field. It don't matter who on the field. Patrick Mahomes going to be Patrick Mahomes. It don't matter who the defense coordinator is on any team in the NFL. If you gave him that type of time down by a certain amount of points, he's going to always try to strike and do what he does. So that ain't defense coordinator fault. Cause that's every defense coordinator's nightmare is seeing Patrick Mahomes in the last minute. No matter how, it, how you call the game and play, he called a great game. This was his first year as a defensive coordinator. Just like in Arizona, he was his first year. When he was with the Panthers, he had a first year with scraps and one. Like, I, I'm just getting tired of seeing this guy get fired, and guys don't get him ample time, but you give all these other defensive coordinators ample time to sit there and mess up all the time. Like, the guys that you had, no, you didn't, because somebody was trying to say maybe black he fired. No, that was not. Because, like, D'Amico Ryan's, Rob Salah, considered as a minority, was actually, you know, there for, for years and years. They left on their own. He never thought about firing them. D'Amico Ryan's never thought about firing them. But you got to understand, like, those guys were in-house hires. So, like, those guys came with the Shanahan. They're kind of like part of the, family, the Shanahan family tree. Rob Salah get fired today. He'll be the defense coordinator next week for San Francisco 49ers because they have that – that family tree of people that they deal with. 
you know, Steve Wills just didn't come from that family tree. He didn't come from that group of guys. Although he's a good guy, he didn't come from their guys, like their family tree of people and that they worked with and who's been under their coaching staff, under Mike Shanahan, let alone Mike Shanahan, to now Kyle Shanahan. Like, those guys are, like, a part of that, 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 that Shanahan family. Steve Wilkes wasn't. That's probably why Steve Wilkes really got fired because he wasn't part of that family. He was part of that family that gave him another shot. But in reality, he still shouldn't got fired because his numbers were better than D'Amico Ryan's. His numbers were better than D'Amico Ryan's. And D'Amico Ryan's did a great job in Houston. And I'm not even saying that D'Amico Ryan's was, was bad. I'm just saying, they say, what they saying? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Steve Wilson's numbers don't lie. I'm, I'm, I'm telling when I come back on this show next time, I'm going to pull them up because I have looked at the numbers and that's something my raw thoughts literally forgot to set up on this show. But I'm letting you know now, his numbers did not lie. His numbers did not lie. Steve Will should still be there, and that's a bunch of BS. But I'm going to get into more of that detail of the scenario of this situation here. People got to understand, this is a great situation for Kyle Shanahan and his family, Mike Shanahan and his family, because they're grandfathered in. Mike Shanahan was under the Bill Walsh staff for years when they won all those Super Bowls. Yes, I know it's a pass. Yes, I know it's this. Yes, I know it's that. But you got to think about it. Um, Eddie DiBartolo was there under that thing. Jay York, because of Eddie DiBartolo's scenario or situation that happened, couldn't be the owner as of today. Because if he was the owner, he'd be, he'd be a real risk taker. He's completely different. Jay York's mom is really the real owner of the team, but she's allowed him to be the CEO. So meaning that he handles all day-to-day operations. She really don't, I don't, raw thoughts. I don't know if she cares. I know she cares, but she's not the person that's want to sit here and handle the day-to-day operations. That's where Jay came in. Jay was right under um Eddie DiBartolo all those years, learning everything about the life. I think at the end of the day, if Eddie DiBartolo had passed away or something, they knew that his mom did not want the team and handle it, so he was teaching his nephew at the time. I don't know at the time if he had a son or whatever. Eddie DiBartolo probably didn't want none. I don't know if he had children that was interested in that, but apparently Jay was interested, and that's how Jay ended up learning the whole scenario, the whole system of – you know, the 49ers, and that's why he's in this position because he actually knows day-to-day how to handle day-to-day, and he is phenomenal. He ain't Jerry Jones. He ain't in nobody's face all the time. So his grandfather didn't. Like, the Shanahan's have a situation where, like, they would just about have to step down. It's even deeper than the situation with Bill Belichick with the Patriots, even though Tom Brady and him won six Super Bowls for the Patriots. It's deeper than that. Bill Belichick came in. He's a genius. He had a great quarterback. They kind of figured the pieces out. They kind of worked together. Tom Brady had an offense. Um, even though Bill Belichick was the head coach, he was kind of focused more on, on, on defense. This situation here is straight up West Coast offense, West Coast style, taking it back to the 80s where they had they had some plenty, plenty of weapons. It's gonna be hard for them to fire Kyle Shanahan. Because Jay York went through a, a, a tough scenario for some years, and then he had um that's another topic. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that down to the next topic. But I just want to tell you, like, it's going to be tough. The Shanahan's a grandfather. It's going to just about take anything in life. If something happens, somebody gets sick, to step down to, like, get fired. They are in the perfect situation to be around for a long time, whether we like it or not. We know he's – it's kind of like the Andy Reid situation. We just hope that with the Andy Reid situation in Philly, um, he didn't win. 
but he ended up getting all his repercussions, you know, all his reciprocation back in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. But it was hard for the Philly fans and Philadelphia to fire Andy Reid, regardless of what it was, because Andy Reid was always in a situation where he had an opportunity to win. He ain't missing the playoffs every single year. He ain't missing that. He was in the NFC Championship slot. Same thing here. You know, he got fired from there, but the situation is that Doug Pisa came there with a Super Bowl. How fast they get rid of Doug Pisa? Doug Pisa brought a Super Bowl to the city of Philly. They got rid of him quick. I can't speak. I'm not a follower of the Eagles like that deep. I'm a follower of sports. But apparently he won it with Nick Foles when Carson Wentz got hurt. So he won it with a backup. But at the end of the day, when things didn't go right, what happened? They shipped him out quick. It's certain coaches don't get that, that, that um that grace period. And like they say in jobs, it's certain individuals that are assets. They don't get the grace period. Doug Pisa didn't get the grace period that Andy Reid got for years and years and years, but not winning. Because Andy Reid didn't win. Yeah, he went to a Super Bowl or whatever, but he never won. He always got the NFC Championship, stuff like that. But they gave Andy Reid that grace period because they was always in the hunt every year, more so than not being there. So they fired Doug Pisa quick, and Doug Pisa did well, won a Super Bowl for the, for the city. But you see how quick it went out because everybody don't get that grandfather or grace period that everybody has. Um, Here's my next song. Topic right here, real quick. And by the way, essential collections by Monica Rich. Essential collections by Monica Rich. Use the promo code Raw Mind. Promo code Raw Mind. You'll get a fifteen percent discount. Again, you can go to my website RawMindSports.com. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna do you all a favor. I'm gonna do you all a real favor right now. Go to RawMindSports.com. Putting it right here on the screen for the people who are watching, and for the people who are not watching, um, you'll be able to see what you know you need to see. RawMindSports.com. Multiple sponsors. Multiple people there. Um, Monica has a lot of products, amazing products, from bad products, soap products to, you know, skincare, healthcare, at a great price. It ain't like she's going out here trying to make big bucks. She ain't trying to be like the big, the big companies. She's doing it from her own home, own hands, and she's a doctor. So it ain't just anybody making this stuff for all thoughts. She's a doctor. So she is legally certified to make anything and everything. And she did it because of her children, you know, being sick. She decided to make stuff to see how it works. All right. The owner strategy makes sense. Jerry York, the thing with Jerry York and Jerry Jones is different. Jerry York allows all his coaches and coaching staff, players, et cetera, all that stuff, the ownership or the GMs to handle everyday things, every situation, whatever it is. His thing is, I'm not going to be in your way. I'm going to stand back and chill. Get out the way. Now, once you start failing over a period of time, then that's when I'm going to come in. But I'm not going to be the one to tell you who to get, who you need, who you need to have, whatever. He leaves everything into the coaches and the GM's hands. Whatever happens from there, if they're successful, they stay. If they don't, they don't. So his logic of reasoning is a reason why you get fired. It's because you ain't, you're failing a lot. You're failing, you're failing, you're failing. So, you know, even the situation with Jim Harbaugh, I don't know. Jim Harbaugh and the GM had, I think, some disagreements. But Jim Harbaugh was winning. He never bothered anything. Jim Harbaugh left that, that staff or party ways with an 8-8 eight and eight record. He never had a losing record. But Trent Baalke and him didn't get along, so that's what we got. We had a whole nother situation of fussing because him and Trent Baalke didn't get along, so they fired him. And I guess he trusted the GM over that or – Parted ways with the gym over there. I don't want to say necessarily Jerry or fight him. I think Jim Hall decided just decided to get out of the way. Like I'm, I'm not gonna deal with this. So I don't, and that's how that easily happened. 
But then Trent Barker brings in Jim Tom Sula, terrible season. You know, uh, then he brings in Chip Kelly, another terrible season. And they had bad seasons with those guys because it was enough time to have. So you went four and 14, two and 14. And I'm not going to blame that on none of the players that was on those teams either. The coaching staff may be different. Maybe I'm wrong because I'm not in the locker room. But, you know, you're you judged on wins and losses in the league. And I'm never going to blame the, the players on those teams. Those, those, those had, they have some solid teams. They have some solid players on those teams. But, you know, coaching staff, systems, stuff like that does have a play in, in, in into that situation. So what happens? He said, no, enough is enough. He let them do that. He saw them seasons. He saw he went from NFC Championship. NFC, he went from NFC Championship. NFC Championship, well, Jim Harbaugh, let me take, let me take it back. He went to the NFC Championship first year. It was a lot of fumbles by Kyle Williams. Nothing the coach said had nothing to do. Probably could have went to Super Bowl that year under, Kyle, under Jim Harbaugh the very first year. Then you got him fumbling. Oh, it was just weird for him. Then you got you go to Atlanta. You're down by a certain amount. I think about down by 21 to 17 points. And you come back with Kyle, with um Colin Kaepernick and the boys down in Atlanta. So you had a chance to play in the Super Bowl that year, even though we lost to Baltimore. Then you get to the NFC Championship again after that. And it was a tip pass in Seattle, and Seattle ended up winning that game. So Jim Harbaugh went to three NFC Championships. Then the year after that, he went 8-8. Eight and eight. And yeah, they didn't make the playoffs on thing, but it's still 8-8. Eight and eight. <clears throat> So it came down to the wire. So then you go from that. Then you go to 2-14, and 4-12, I want to say. Like, it was rough. It was rough. So then you have to fire them. Then you bring in Kyle Shanahan. As soon as he got away, as soon as he lost that Super Bowl, right, that Super Bowl in Atlanta, they hurry up and brought him in. Yeah, it was rough there because they had to bring in that him and John Lynch probably never worked with each other. They had to bring in their ties together, and they had to rebuild the team from scratch. So now the situation is this. Does Jay York want to go through another cycle of rebuild and bringing in a different coach and being in a situation like that? Not making the playoffs, going wild card when we have the privilege of dealing with Kyle Shanahan, regardless of how bad he calls plays. He's in the NFC champ. When the team is healthy, he's in the NFC championship every single year. And all you can ask for is being in the NFC championship. You may get to Super Bowl, you may not, but you're in the NFC championship consistently every single year. Outside one of the years of COVID, a lot of guys got hurt, but you're in the NFC championship every single year and you're having a chance to compete for a Super Bowl at the end of the year. Now, of course, for me, I don't want to just see that. I want to see you win. I'm tired of seeing you go to Super Bowl and lose. But as a owner of an organization like Jerry York is running day-to-day operations and see a Kyle Shanahan, those guys, at least get to the NFC Championship year in, year out, year in, year out. As an owner who's in that room, although I'm a fan, although I love my team, but they in the real room with the real dollars, with the real game, game day um, playing by playing situations. So, yes, they're going to think of that as like, at least we're there. So why would you fire him when you're still there? Regardless if he fired the person wrongfully, but why would you fire a man who's always in the NFC Championship every single year? We got some teams only lucky to win three, four, five games a year. It's hard for an owner to say, no, we're going elsewhere. And now they let their grandfather in with the family. Like, it's another thing with the cow. This ain't no other coach. Like, you see how quick they got rid of Jim Harbaugh after those good seasons? It's hard to do that against Kyle Shanahan with their fathers and their family and members. And it's a legacy with that that 
that family with the staff and all those Super Bowls, although they way back, it don't matter. It's still history there. So, like, it's hard to get rid of somebody that's there, even with Chris McCaffrey, his daddy there. Um, Kyle Shanahan and him grew up, uh, whatever, went to Super Bowls when they was uh, with the Denver Broncos watching their family, their dads, one play and one coach. You know, so it's always an opportunity with this system. And no matter how many players or how many coaches leave, the system is a system. And the thing with the 49ers is it's hard. And I can't blame Kyle. I can't blame Jay York for, like, saying, like, man, I'm just going with it what it is. At least I'm there. At least I'm in the ranks. At least I'm going to always be in the final four majority of my years if teams is healthy. Like, regardless what we like it or not, I know every year is different. I know we may, may or may not get back. But the 49ers' main, right now at the moment, their main key players will be there. Bill Belichick seeing so many people come and go. Andy Reid has seen so many people come and go. But if you can simulate and bring in players just like them who can stay healthy, even if those guys' time is up, you'll still be fine. You know, I think Brock Purdy right now, honestly, Brock Purdy is young quarterback, year two. Stay healthy. We possibly be seeing Brock Purdy be really, really good. And being able to move and be able to handle things because he's handling very, very smooth and, and quickly. And people probably surprised, but they said J.A. York said it. Kyle Shanahan said on the roster he think Brock Purdy was the best quarterback, but it was hard for him to just put him in right away because that could have been a mistake. So Kyle Shanahan admitted to the mistake like he was better than Jimmy Garoppolo, he was better than Trey Lance, but he had to wait his turn. But you know, luckily in a bad way, and hopefully, luckily in a good way for Kyle Shanahan, but also a bad way is the fact those guys got hurt. I don't, I'm quite sure he ain't wishing no injury on nobody so if those guys don't get hurt we don't know what brock Purdy could do and we'll be stuck talking about those two guys because i don't think he was going to elevate him over them simply off of principle now um the, the thing with me is like now you got him you got a young kid and brandy brandon iu that you keep around for a while you can find that system they run running backs or a dime a dozen they ain't gonna be christian mccaffrey type but you know a lot of running backs get hurt in that system but Chris McCaffrey ain't got but so many more years as a running back. Let's be real. Running backs going through the trenches in the middle. Like, that's a lot of wear and tear. You're getting hit by tackles and big linebackers. You know, if he's catching the pass out on the back out on the outside, it's easy to get out. But you know, it's a lot of wear and tear. And he's been really, really good for years. And he just won the offense player of the year. We don't know what the situation would be next season, but that kid is playing phenomenal. Now, I don't know how long he got. You know, Debo plays a, a physical style of football. With Debo saying you're playing the physical style of football, we don't know how his injury situation is going to be. Like, when I look at Travis Kelsey, like Travis Kelsey with the um, with the Kansas City Chiefs, when he catches the ball, he's always wide open. The system is set up perfectly to where he's always going to be wide open. And by the time somebody tries to come down and make a tackle sometimes, nine times out of ten, they're like 10, 15 yards down the field or maybe 10 yards down the field. And by that time, he get braced for the hit. Keep yourself healthy and be able to go. Of course, he's going to have some runs. It's going to be tough. Sometimes he's going to catch a few screens. It's going to be tough. But majority of his plays, he's usually wide open. And it gives him time to brace for himself. Debo saying he's running the football out of the backfield. Debo saying he's catching the screen pass, going up the field. He's He has that unbridled aggression, which is good. But at the same time, it's also the situation like you take on a lot of you take on a lot of hits and contact. I know it's a part of the game, but his style of play is different. You know, guys like Tariq Hill. Three heels super fast. So majority of the time, he ain't taking no hard hits. He's going across the field deep, whatever. Um, 
Devontae Adams, not a run routes for everywhere, gets out there, you know, out, out the backfield, get, gets away. You know, Brandon IU has found himself, you know, he's going across the middle, across the middle here and there. He's found himself to where, like, he does have to take a lot of hits. You know, so, you know, Kittle takes a lot of hits because he's also black. He ain't one of the tight ends like Kelsey, where he just pass, 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 happy. 90% of the time, he's going out for a pass. Kittle has to block as a running back, block for running backs and pass. So, like, he's probably the best. Raw thoughts, now ain't trying to be by probably the most versatile tight end in the league because he has to do a lot. He ain't just going out catch passes. And I think people's eyes just get that twisted. Like they say Kelsey's good. Kelsey's in a system that's pass happy as a, for a tight end to where like he doesn't need him to block as much. Kittle has to man, the 49ers run the ball a lot. One of the few teams in the NFL that wants to run the ball first before they throw the ball. So it's gonna be a lot of blocking from him first before he goes out for passes. And I'm telling you that now. Man, I don't say he don't go out for routes, but it's tough for Kittle. So, you know, it's 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 hard, man. Um, I would never blame Jay. I like what's going on. You know, at the end of the day, we'll still be there. We win the Super Bowl. I know most folks like, yeah, y'all be there all the time and still do what you do, lose. But I'd rather see the 49ers there every single year than to see them guys sitting home. Mad is on the way. And I know some folks were like, well, why would you rather see them in the Super Bowl if you know they ain't going to win? We don't know who's going to win or not. But right now in the moment, it looks like we ain't. But it is what it is. You always got next year. It's a lot of key players. I think with Kyle Shanahan, that's what's going to be, you know. So with that being said, next topic again. Um, the conclusion of raw thoughts, man, in conclusion. Right now, honest, I'm going to be real with you. Raw thoughts, raw mind for me. The 49ers going to be fine. 49ers and NFC, I don't know what type of big big moves going to happen. I know every season is different. But the 49ers set up no matter how many coaches leave, how many coaches go. They still got Kyle Shanahan. And whoever they hand pick as a defense coordinator, even though he might try to blame or not, they'll be fine because they have they'll always have the key pieces in, the key players to stay, so they can plug in other players. So they'll always have the key players there to do enough to have. I don't think the four announcement I go every year with all this starstruck power, but you know, they may get lucky with draft picks like you have Chase Young, guys like that, and Randy Gregory, guys who came in this season. You know, Fort Niners have lost tons of D tackles, but always replaced them for the win-win, you know, and got them for cheap. Not saying every person want to come to cheat and say hopefully they'll win, but they know with the situation they can help, and the Fort Niners are deep at the D tackle. I don't know what's going to happen this season, but I feel like it's just going to – I feel like the Fort Niners going to have that sim- sim- symptom that other teams have. You know, they may be hurt, whatever, but when it's time to play in the playoffs, those key players will be available to keep them going. And as long as they got that core of key players, whether it's D tackles, office linemen, um, skill players, I think the 49ers gonna be fine, man. I think the 49ers gonna could be possibly like the Patriots. The Patriots with Bill and Tom. And I'm saying they didn't win a lot of Super Bowls, but they're always there. Nobody never liked the Patriots, how that style of play was, but they always was there at the moment. They were there all the time. The man, everybody knew Bill Belichick changed and swapped players like like like. <laughs> like it was a sale at the stockyard every weekend. It was everybody's different. He'll get players one year, move them out. Get players one year, pay them for cheap, give them a back end, a special contract, move them out before the contract sets in, puts in the comes into play. That's what Bill was doing every single year: getting the championship, moving players, knowing how to manage the money, knowing how to manage the budget, and knows how to say like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you this for this year, but if you stay next year." But unfortunately, he always get rid of them when it's time to get paid. But they get their rings, they be successful, they help them win Super Bowls, and guys like to go there. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much money you got, guys like to win. 
And apparently, the record show before those guys got signed, even like Jarrell Reeves, they knew they probably going to be there the next year. Maybe Bill won't pay nobody that, but they still came because they believed in what Bill was providing. You know, he was still providing championships and wins. They always was in the situation to win. And that's what it's about. The 49ers, this management with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan will be around for a while, people, unless he decides to stop. I don't see him ever firing Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan will have to literally step down. I don't know what the GM situation is, if, if John want to step down or not. But I think this crew of guys going to be around for a long time. Get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles era where they had Andy Reid around for a long time. But hopefully it results in the wins and Super Bowls. Get ready for the Bill Belichick and Tom Brady era. Hopefully it results in the wins. But I'm talking about we're about to see a long tenure with Kyle Shanahan. As long as he can coach and as long as he call, he's a young, young coach. He has plenty of time. As long as his mind is still in the, in the right mind, he'll be fine. But, yeah, that's all I got today. Those are my raw mind, raw thoughts on the 49ers. I just want to put that out there. I had a long time to think, discuss this, and I felt like people, you know, been waiting for me to say what I have to say. So get ready. If you haven't – if you're looking at this episode and if you didn't catch all this episode, no worries. It'll be available on all podcast platforms immediately right after I finish this up. So that being said, Raw Mind, Raw Thoughts is out, sponsored by Sense Collections by Monica Ritz.